All right, Alexander, let's talk about uh, Zelensky's marathon two-hour Q&A. Let's talk about statements that Jungle Joseph Burrell made following that Q&A. Let's talk about statements that uh, Secretary of State Blinken made following that Q&A. And I just want to say that uh, during the Q&A, Zelensky said that he's confident that the U.S. will not betray us. And I think within 24 hours, Burrell and Blinken, <laughs> they kind of... Uh, they kind of blew up that that statement from Zelensky. That that, that statement is 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 not going to to uh, to age well. That's for sure. So uh, what's what's going on here? Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk first about what Blinken and uh, Burrell have been saying because, of course, they have been absolute hardliners. They've been fervid supporters of Ukraine right through from the get go. I mean, and you know, in Burrell's case to an extreme degree, and also Blinken's case, actually. And they have now, I, I, frankly, the tone of what they were saying, and indeed the content of it, suggests that they've effectively or essentially given up. I, I don't want to press this too hard, but I mean, they're clearly very depressed. Um, they realise now that funding for Ukraine is not going to appear in the United States uh, in on anything like the kind of scale that we've seen in the past. I mean, it's incredibly unlikely that Ukraine is going to get $61 billion from the United States and $61 billion in 2024 would anyway be around half of what it got last this year and last year. So um, it, it's not happening. So Blinken comes along. And says, you know, the Ukrainians need to live on their own resources, <laughs> that, uh, uh, you know, they got to find ways of getting by without the United States. And, you know, we're, you know, we're, we, they've achieved all these great victories. They've managed to um, assert their independence. But, you know, now, now the point has come where they must stand on their own and stand by themselves. Which is, of course, the diametric opposite of what Zelensky is saying. <laughs> Zelensky is saying they, you know, they, they mustn't betray us. We need more. We need we need seventeen million shells, and we need infinite amounts of money, and we need more tanks and more machines, and we need to go on the offensive next year, not just this year, but you know, on the offensive next year also. And Blinken is telling him, no, that's not going to happen. You've got to sort it all out by yourself. And I think that this is because. Um, the administration is now weighing the mood in Washington. Um, the Senate failed to agree this week on some kind of compromise deal to move forward with Ukrainian funding. And I think that was a big blow to them. I thought that they I think they really did believe that they'd be able to win enough support in the Senate. Um, J.D. Vance, by the way, who I think is shaping up to be a most impressive political leader indeed, and somebody certainly to watch. Anyway, he's actually published a statement in which he's, you know, challenged directly the whole mythology that, you know, if Ukraine goes down, it will be because the Republicans aren't providing funding. And he correctly points out the offensive that happened in the summer was massively funded and massively supported and Ukraine had all the weapons that it asked for, and it failed. So throwing more money at Ukraine isn't going to change anything. So that 
is the gathering mood in the United States and the Americans are cutting Ukraine off. I mean, maybe not totally. Maybe it will take a few weeks or months before this is resolved. Maybe some money will be sent there. Maybe some more weapons will be sent there. But gradually, support for Ukraine in the in the United States, in the US, is ebbing away. And Borrell knows it. And he knows also that without the US, there is really no game to play. I mean, the U- Europeans can talk. They can talk about 50 billion euros over four years, by the way, not one year. They can talk about all of that. But he knows perfectly well that without the Americans, this game is lost. Um, he says that, you know, what we must do, we mustn't uh, we must we mustn't um, allow Putin to win his victory. He understands what a colossal blow for the EU specifically, a victory by Russia in Ukraine would be. And interestingly enough, he specifically talks about the EU. He says we must do everything we can to achieve that victory. We must increase ammunition production and all of that. But he says this in tone, in a tones with words, and which make it absolutely clear that he knows it's not going to happen. He's just preparing now for his own departure, and he's going to leave this problem of collapsing Ukraine in someone else's hands. Because, again, to reiterate, without American aid, without American financial aid, without American weapons, 80% of the weapons Ukraine has received from the West have been American. Without American weapons, the game is up. And Borrell knows it. Blinken knows it. The only person who doesn't know it is Zelensky, who instead talks about our onward march towards inevitable victory, which he did, by the way. Yeah, and, and one million producing one million drones and mobilizing uh, five hundred thousand uh, people. Yeah, um, yeah, but Borrell and and the EU there. The end for Ukraine came when Ukraine, when they agreed to accession talks for Ukraine. Yes. That was the end. Yes. People, people are, are, are hailing that as, as, as the beginning of Ukraine's Europe integration. No, no, no. That, that was the end. Because now Ursula and Burrell and Michelle and all these people can say, we, we did it. We did our job. Now we can move on to the World Bank and the IMF and the UN or wherever they're going to go, Tony Blair's Institute for War, <laughs> wherever they're going to be placed, they can get their new jobs. And like you said, they can they can leave it to the next person. You're going to criticize Burrell. Burrell's going to say, look, I accomplished the main goal, which was to get Ukraine on its European path. So that 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 that, that was the end yes. for Ukraine. That that accession talks agreement was the end of Ukraine. Exactly. It was for Europe. It was it was the wreath you put on the coffin. <laughs> I have to say it to put it like that. That's that's essentially what it was. Now the Ukrainians themselves, I don't think they figured this out. And um, uh, by the way, on, on the question of Borrell himself um, and Ursula and Charles Michel. It is important to say that they continue to be as obsessed by this issue as always, not the issue of Ukraine, the issue of Russia. And again, um, Lavrov gave a really very interesting interview, one of his best, in which he said, you know, this whole conflict ultimately has not been about Ukraine at all. 
It's been about us. It's been about Russia. It's Russia that this is all focused on. And you had another example of this because all three of these people, as I understand it, Michel, Ursula and Morel went to Beijing. They met with Xi Jinping there and apparently to his increasing frustration. All they were talking about was Russia all the time. But you're quite right. You know, they're going to walk away. They have no choice. Burrell is clearly dejected about this. So is Blinken. But with Congress now turning its back, they can all see that the writing is on the wall. Now, they're not going to change their policies. They're not going to change their language. They're going to remain as virulently hostile to Russia as they always are. The European political class is going to continue to be that. We see further moves in Germany to um, aggravate relations with Russia even further. We see Germany is going to position an armoured brigade in Lithuania, or so they say. (laughs) We see um, similar rhetoric in Britain. So they're not going to change their policy, which is about Russia, not about Ukraine. But Project Ukraine is lost, and they know it. Deep down, inside themselves, they know it. And if you listen and watch Burrell as he's talking, you can see this. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the narrative shift that, exactly. that we have now. It's, it's not about Project Ukraine anymore. It's about the Russian threat. And even Putin brought this up in the statements that he made at the uh, Defense Ministry. He said that now the narrative is all about the Russian threat to NATO. So Ukraine fades away, and now NATO and and the neocons and the collective West, they focus on the Russian threat to NATO, and they can pump money into, into defending against the Russian threat. I mean, that's that's essentially where, where we're heading. Um, uh, absolutely. And, and remember, I mean, the EU has enormously empowered itself as a result of this, of, of this crisis. They've been imposing sanctions on Russian oil. They've been blocking access to Russian aircraft. And, of course, they're going to use the Russian threat to Europe to do that even more. They're going to start giving the EU itself more and more of a military dimension. They're going to whisper behind the Americans' back that, you know, look at what the Americans did over Ukraine. We can't really trust them. So we've got to integrate and centralise and control even more. We've got to do away with the veto that member states have. We've got to empower the commission even further. And... They're going to use the Russian bogey in order to um, push this further still. The EU is becoming an anti-Russian project, like all pan-European projects eventually always do, by the way. Every single one, you know, from Napoleon's continental system to the various arrangements that the moustachioed man in the 40s conjured up. The EU, in that one respect, is a similar, it's just another iteration of this. And they're going to use the Russian bogey as the um, pretext to centralise, to integrate, to control, to impose even more controls on European businesses, 
on European information flows, <laughs> European speech things, uh, uh, central bank digital central currencies. currencies, all of that than before. And you know, censorship. Yes, and don't you know? Don't you? Before long, we'll be getting EU uh, policing agencies, <laughs> uh, an EU equivalent to the FBI, for example. We'll be seeing all of this. It's on its way. Um, um, Borrell and Ursula and uh, Michel clearly already, and you know, uh, uh, and they're all thinking in these terms, and they're going to do more of it, more and more and more of it, until and unless. People in Europe finally say enough and finally wake up to the fact that the bear is not on the prowl and is not coming their way. But that that is what we're going to see over the next few years. Yeah, to counter the, the, the Russian threat. Yeah. Um, for, for the U.S., one last question. So for the Biden White House, I imagine the plan going off of Blinken's words, he said that that uh, it would it would not make sense to completely ditch the investment in Ukraine. I mean, he used those words, the investment in Ukraine. And he did say that it's important before we before we 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 let Ukraine go off on its own into the world. He said it's important to help them make it through the winter, spring and summer. So I think it's safe to say that their plan is, as we have been saying for a long time now, on this channel, uh, going off of you know the the uh, I imagine the the advice of of Jake Sullivan, who is as we have been saying at the end of the day, he's not a diplomat, he's not a policy guy, he's a campaign manager. Uh, the plan is let's just get Ukraine to November 2024. I, I think going off of Blinken's words, winter, spring, summer, let's just get them to November. Absolutely, that is exactly right. Because of course we've got to avoid uh, a, a collapse in Ukraine before the election, because that is what this is all about now. It's not about winning in Ukraine anymore. It's not about achieving regime change in Moscow. We understand that's not going to happen. Ukraine isn't going to win the war. It's going to lose the war. But we have to try and play this out and prolong this as long as possible. Create a narrative shift. Do you remember that uh, I sent you an article by Gideon, Na Gideon Rackman, in which he actually talks about this quite straightforwardly, that a US official actually told him straightforwardly, what we've now got to do is we've got to shift the narrative on Ukraine. And it's there in an article in the FT. They, they're now talking about this with each other quite openly. So control the narrative prevent the collapse this year. Um, if you can't do that, make sure it's the Republicans in Congress that get the blame and at the same time reassure the American people that this isn't really going to be an open-ended commitment anymore because, um, you know, clearly the American people aren't keen on that and they want to move on to more important and serious things. So this is what this is all about. It's all about narrative management and PR and the elections now and nothing else. The wider, grander ambitions have gone. And you could see that. They're now telling the Ukrainians to go on to the defensive. Blinken tells them, you know, you can actually perform well with 
even a fraction of the money that you had before. You can somehow hold it together. You go onto the defensive, so you know, we avoid this total collapse. We've sent a general to Kiev to explain to you how it should be done. And you do something else. And here again, I have to say to you, Alex, this is, <laughs> I remember you telling, telling us, telling me on these programs that this is what they would start to do two years ago which is gradually, gradually, gradually make this story disappear. And we've just had the Washington Post, for example. They had that <laughs> column on the top, you know, there would be all the various topics that you could press the button and you'd find. And Ukraine was one. And surprise, surprise, yesterday that column vanished. It's no longer there. You know, it's this great conjuring trick. And we're going to be having more and more of this over the next few weeks and months, all the way up to November. All right. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, Rockfin, and Twitter X. And go to the Duran shop, 20% off season sale, holiday season sale. Use the code Christmas 20. Take care.